Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Is it time for me to do ASMR? Yeah. Ew. Ew, don't do it. Okay, guys, for anyone who wants to know, I'm eating ramen. So I was debating on it, but I just don't think that's going to that's gonna be real cute. Well, do one, and then if it's the worst thing that's ever happened, we can cut it out. Okay, ready? I turned on I my- I slurp? In the headphones. Ew. Oh my God, that tastes so good though. I really don't like the oh my god, I almost choked. I really don't like the slurp. Yeah, the slurp's not nice. Can you give the ramen place a shout out for anyone living in Toronto? Yes, it is called Ramen Ishan. I think that's how you say it. And it's on uh, College Street. It's like College and Bathurst. Apparently that's the best ramen in Toronto. Is no it, way. Is it across some Stinky D's? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there before and I went specifically because a bunch of people told me it was the best ramen in Toronto. It's really good. Yeah, I went for lunch yesterday. And I thought I hadn't been there before, but then I realized I was with my friend like sitting across and I'm like, yeah, I've never been to this place. And then I just looked in the corner of it. There was like a, the way like the table was um, in the corner. I had a memory of me sitting there with our old roommate, Jess Chia. Oh, Jess. And so I was like, oh, I have been here before. Never mind. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Uh- R.I.P. That sounds like you're saying R.I.P. I was just about to say that. Get out of my head. I'm living in your head. Are you doing Are you doing good today? I'm doing good. I woke up so late today. Yeah. I literally woke up. I think it was 11 a.m., maybe 11.30. I was like still lounging in bed. I went out to Crybaby last night. Mm-hmm. Um, with my friend and we tried literally every single margarita on the menu. How many margaritas are on the menu? I think it was only four each. Okay. That's still a lot of margaritas. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of margarita. It's like one margarita, two margarita, three margarita floor. (laughs) True. (laughs) But it was so fun. And then I, um, I went home and then ordered A&W's um, Beyond Meat Burger. Yes, you did. Oh my God, I want one of those right now so bad. There was nothing better than that. It really hit the spot and I decided to throw on, it was so funny, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but like season six where it was Kim's fairy tale wedding to Chris Humphreys. Oh God, okay. That was her like infamous like 72 day marriage. Like it did not. That, <laughs> I remember that. How long ago, like, yeah, as you know, like, I don't really know what's going on in Kardashian universe. So, like, give me a time frame. Like, how long ago was that? This would have been in, like, 2012, I want to say. That really wasn't that long ago. (laughs) I feel like so much has happened since. It was so funny to watch, just watching that episode because it was, like, you could just tell they were, it was trouble in paradise for sure. Like it was not going to work, but. Um, just you munching on your Beyond Meat burger. Like this ain't going to work, y'all. I was just munching on my Beyond Meat. Just also laughing at like how much Kris Jenner has evolved as a human too. Like, I don't know, guys, for any of my Kardashian fans throwback, it has changed so much from season six till season 20. I was like. I just like caught. Like, I gasped because you said season 20. Like, I, you know, it's so crazy when, like, you have no, absolutely no perception of a thing. Like, you've never watched it. You don't know what it is. But 
it's such a big thing in the world. Like Kardashians, like you know what I mean? Like it's this massive thing to so much of the world, but you have absolutely no concept of what it is or like what's happened or like how long it's been around. I know, but it's just there. Like the royal family, for example, but then the royal family meant like everything to some people. I said meant past tense because I feel like it doesn't anymore. The royal family? Yeah, maybe to some people. But that's what's interesting is like I was never that into the royal family, but I know so many people who were and you were also very into it. Whereas I wasn't like super into, I wasn't keeping up with them. I wasn't like very fascinated with that world. Keeping up with the royals? That should have been a show. (laughs) Keeping up with the royals? Imagine if the royals did a reality show. That, like if anyone listening watches The Crown, that would be the best reality show on the air. If anything in the crown is accurate. All the drama would be like crazy. I just like want to give Harry and Meghan a big hug. That's all I want to do. Oh, me too. I love them so much. I love how like dramatic Meghan is. Do you remember when, um, I think this was in the Oprah interview. Do you remember when she was like, you know, I was sitting there in like the palace or whatever, watching Little Mermaid. And then I realized... (laughs) I can't even like say it seriously. And then I realized she fell in love with the prince and had to lose her voice because of it. But you know what, Oprah? Then she's like, she like goes, you know what? She found her voice at the end. She got her voice back at the end. I don't remember that, but that's amazing. I No, it's amazing. Is this when Oprah was like? I think Oprah like fainted because it was such an amazing comparison. She was like, I couldn't have come up with that. Absolutely not. But like, truly, (laughs) everything about that interview with Oprah was, I, I just need Oprah to interview everyone. I need her to interview us. Please, we have a lot to say. Were you silent? Or were you silenced? If anything, Sarah and I need to be silenced. (laughs) There's no one holding us back. We are not silent. And we aren't silenced either. So if anyone's available to silence us a little bit just a little bit like only down two notches or something <laughs> like we release an episode every week <laughs> like y'all want us to drop down to every other week we would understand you know what i'm saying every month i would love to see less of purses yeah i would love to see less of sarah Great. truly it's getting annoying so sarah and i wanted to talk about are all girls a little gay Question mark, question mark, question mark. So full transparency, we always had this as like a topic idea because I feel like it's something that has been said quite often. Do you know, do you feel like you hear that just in general in the public to say, oh, all girls are a little gay. All straight girls have that like gay side to them. I've definitely heard it before. It's not something that I've heard a lot, which is why when we were when we were diving into this topic and like how we want to talk about it, I almost started getting confused. <clears throat> and I just just about like, wait, what is the stereotype? Wait, what exactly does that what is that statement saying? And then because I was confused, we discovered like that it actually there's like multiple sides to the coin and like it all centers around just the fact that like girls like, I think what it centers around is, like, girls are always going to be more sexualized than boys. Um, and so no matter what they do, no matter how they interact with their friends, there's always going to be this, like, sexual element to it. And I think that's where, like, are all girls a little gay comes from. Mm-hmm. Men don't, like, have that same. Are all boys a little gay? Who has ever asked that question? No. If we're asking are all girls, then shouldn't we be asking the same for all boys? Mm-hmm. And that goes into gender stereotypes. Men are known to be like strong or they, this, this kind of goes into like toxic masculinity a little bit where how we perceive men is where they're like strong. They're always doing manly activities together, you know, like naming a few. Yeah, go. I feel like you're going to say something. Oh my God. No, I was just going to say like, like when we're, when we're talking about this topic, it's like, it's not even just like the classic stereotypes of men and women it's also like how the stereotypes of how we're supposed to show each other love 
and like how, how we're supposed to interact with each other, this the same sex. And this whole conversation is like a, a binary conversation. Just wanted to like preface that. We're talking about people who identify as males and who identify as females and the stereotypes that they have thrust upon them. But yeah, just like the whole like tough, strong, doing activities together thing that you were saying. It's like that's how men are supposed to show each other love from a young age, right? Yeah. Or even, um, you know, doing things for each other that are like secret, like doing like simple, like nice things, but you're not being flashy about it as a man. Yeah. Like, like do like doing a secret, nice thing for your buddy, but you don't want to like be too forward about it. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, buddy, I got you kind of thing. Or like teasing, teasing each other, even like men bullying each other, teasing each other is like a huge form of affection, stereotypically, right? But like with women, from a very young age, like you and your female friend, me and my female friends, you and your female friends, it's like to show we love each other, we touch, we hug, we show outward affection, where there's closeness, we compliment each other very outwardly, we share, we confide in each other. Um, if we're doing something nice for each other, it's not like a, like a secret, not flashy type of thing. It's very like, I want to do this nice thing for you because I love you and I'm not afraid to tell you. Yeah, very outwardly about it. You'll like post about it on your socials. Like you're being like, I did this huge extravagant thing for my friend because I love her so much. Yeah. And you know what just popped into my head? When we were kids <clears throat> having sleepovers, wasn't it very normalized for like two girls to like share a bed together when they're having a sleepover? But when I would talk to some of my male friends, they were like, oh, I don't share my bed with, with, my, with my guy friend. Like, no, they'd bring a sleeping bag and sleep on the floor and then I'll sleep in the bed. I just, that just came to my mind. I think it depends on the age. And this is like why it's so interesting for me having two young nephews is I'm watching them grow. One is about to be eight and one is five. And when they, especially the eight-year-old, when he was younger, his friend, he was making new friends at school, um, boys and girls, but the boys, like he would hug, he would run and hug them in the, in the um, play yard. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Like at school, he'd hug them. He'd say, I love you. Like, um, and even like the, two, like the two nephews to each other as brothers. They hug, they'll kiss each other on the cheek or on the lips. Like they, they, they like tell each other they love each other. It's very cute. But I know that I can see as he's getting older, he's about to be eight, he's reaching. You know, he's so close to 10, which is shocking. And once you hit those double digits, I know that shifts because, because society, right? And so it's interesting to watch it like slowly get a little, a little bit less affection. But boys aren't, it's not like we're inherently like that, you know? We're taught that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, <clears throat> oh my God, sorry. It sounded like a chain smoker. Oh my God, remember the chain smokers? <clears throat> yeah, baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your rover. That song um, hits differently for me, guys. And if you really want to know, go listen to Facts, Fibs, and Ter Fairy Tales. That's right. That's right. Facts, Fibs, and Fairy Tales podcast had us on. I don't know if we ever shouted it out on an episode, but go listen to our, to our episode. We share some stories. Persis's is especially exciting. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with them. But yeah, what you just said about your nephews. Nephews. <laughs> Can you guys tell we have not had enough sleep? What you said about your nephews is such a prime example of I think they were just showing each other love in the way that they feel is right. Right. They just felt it. Yeah. They just felt like hugging, hugging someone because they love them. Right. And that and you see but you see that anyone who's been around young kids, they know that like it doesn't matter what gender they are. They'll they'll hug each other if they love each other and kiss each other. Like it's just because that's how they feel, you know, and it's so cute. Can I tell you a story? Yes, please. Okay. I'm okay. Um, my, so when I was in senior kindergarten, I don't remember this, but my friend Kaylin told me it happened. And I was like, did I do this to you? And she's like, yes. So it was just another way of showing love and affection. So I guess like relating to your nephews, I did this to my friend. Um, Kaylin said, I'm a little scared. No, <laughs> no it's, we were really young, but Kaylin said, when <laughs> what 
What did you do to her? What did you do to her, Persis? I guess when she was about to sit down, this boy pulled her chair out. <laughs> oh, no. So she, like, ended up falling on the ground. <laughs> I'm not laughing at her, I swear. It's like but she said, apparently, I went up to her, like, ran up to her and, like, helped her get up. And then I kissed her on the cheek. I thought it was going to be way worse than that. That's so cute. It is kind of funny. <laughs> I think. I need to confirm with her because she told me that. And I was like, did I do that? She's like, yeah, you just, like, kissed me on the cheek. And then I, like, sat in my chair. Oh, purses. That is so cute. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, you know, I've seen pictures of little purses. Just kissing her on the cheek. You probably, too, were like, I love you. Probably, now that makes sense. One, th- one last thing I wanted to say about, like, what we're talking about, about showing each other affection, is I was watching New Girl the other day. And do you, have you ever watched New Girl? I forget. hmm Okay. Anyone who hasn't, it's a great show. Watch it. It's really funny. And it's about... Four roommates, three of them are guys, one of them is a girl, all of them are straight. And anyway, the three guys are like best, 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 best friends. The one guy, Schmidt, in this episode I was watching, comes home and the other roommate, Nick, is sitting on the couch and Schmidt comes in and he's like, hey man, I got you a cookie from the store and gives him a cookie. And Nick is like, oh, thanks. That's nice. And starts eating it. And then he, like, Nick, who is really bad at showing emotion and showing affection, he's got, he's kind of, like, messed up from his childhood kind of thing. He's starting to eat the cookie, and then he's like, why'd you give me a cookie? Schmidt goes, um, I don't know, I was just thinking of you. And then Nick's like, why? And Schmidt's like, I don't know, man, I think about you. You're my friend. I think about you all the time. And, and anyway, basically the whole episode becomes about this, about Nick being so confused why and and weirded out as to why schmidt would be like thinking of him and getting him a cookie like it's too that is too much affection for him he's like that's weird man like don't think about me don't get me cookies and then anyway but then the the rest of the roommates sit him down and they're like man you got issues like you like you should show affection to your friends you should like to show your friends you care about them and we care about you so much. We do all these secret things for you when you're not even looking to, to like, he was saying one of the roommates like cleans his room when he's not home, for example. So anyway, so the whole thing is about Nick trying to figure out like how to show his friends that he loves them, but he's so, so weirded out by the concept. And I just like, I just watched this episode. So I thought that we were talking about this topic. It just popped to mind and how like something as little as a cookie like, I, th- I think that's a very realistic um, way to show how a lot of men are in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, giving your friend a cookie is like, whoa, man, why'd you get me a cookie? Why are you thinking of me? That's weird. And then, it, anyway, by the end, he, like, he, like, gets Schmidt a cookie. <laughs> he, like, gets his friend a cookie because he doesn't know what else to do. But anyway, it can really be that, it can really be that little of a gesture that makes men feel like uncomfortable or something whereas with women we like i'll make my friend like a three-tier cake and in front of everyone you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. well i won't actually because i'm horrible at baking but or it's very it i feel like even when we were living together and i still do this now there would be random days where i think i would be like hey i got you a croissant or hey i got you this yeah and i i would like hug and kiss you yeah, I'd like kiss you on the face. On the lips, yeah. And like, yeah, anyway, I just thought that was that was funny. New Girl is such a funny show, you guys. If you haven't if you haven't watched it, you should watch a few episodes. Um, so Percy Bunsy Bears, why <laughs> I wish that was my real name. I just hate that that's always my segue. Okay, why why do you, why is this the case? Why is it okay for girls to act gay? I'm saying this in air quotes. I'm saying this in air quotes because it's so ridiculous to me personally, and we'll dive into it. But boys aren't. Like, why are girls allowed to show affection, hug, kiss, love each other, and boys stereotypically don't show each other affection that way? Yeah, and also, like, why does showing affection, like, default to being gay in air yeah. quotes? Yes, <clears throat> that's why it bugs me, yeah. Yeah, that's wild to me. But 
Sarah, you did find a really, really cool article here that says there actually could be a biological reason why women are usually more compassionate um, from a Berkeley article. And the article said that women may at times have higher levels of oxytocin, sometimes called the cuddle hormone or love hormone, because it is linked to bonding, social connection, and monogamy. Oxytocin is produced during sex for both men and women, but is particularly more important during childbirth. It is produced in women during labor and lactation in women and is believed to trigger bonding and nurturing behaviors. It always comes down to hormones, I swear. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was interesting too. And and we were joking that purse has like excess cuddle hormone <laughs> and love hormone. Yeah, it's at an all-time high. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you love to cuddle. You're a big you're a big spooner. Am I I am a big spooner. I love to spoon, but I love being the little spoon. Yeah, you do, because you're so little. I I also love being the little spoon. I don't really like to be the big spoon. It's because we like to be held. I really do. I really like to be held. Depends on the person. (laughs) Yeah, fair. For you know what though, for me too, it depends on the person. Like I will full on like yeah, I'll feel like really warm and fuzzy if it's someone I like. Yeah, I can't just like cuddle with anyone. That's definitely not my not my style. Not your vibe. But I think there are a lot of those reasons why people who identify as women are just a bit more tend to be more compassionate, affectionate, or nurturing, motherly. I mean, if you think about evolution, like women were the ones having the children. That's still the way it is. But also raising the children and in charge of like that whole ecosystem of the tribe or whatever. So they had to be prepared for that nurturing um, like part of it all. Whereas men had to go out and like fight and or like... I don't know, gather, hunt so that everyone can eat. And I just think like because of that, we do have these hormones. Like biologically we do, but we live in a different world now and we are intellectually able to feel certain ways regardless of our biology. Yeah. And so even though this is like really interesting and I think it's true that women do have higher levels of oxytocin, I think in like 2021, I just feel like we're beyond that a little bit. And it's great to acknowledge if you're having a lot of feelings or like you really want to cuddle and love someone and you're a woman, maybe you can, maybe it's nice to be like, you know what, maybe I'm just like, that's just the way I was made kind of thing. And that's great. But I think if you're a man and you're feeling that way, like it's not wrong. Like it's not incorrect or biologically incorrect that you feel that way either. Totally. I just get a little worried when we talk about like the biology and stuff. It's so fascinating. And I'm like, I also don't want that to be like the be all and end all. Yeah. And we've mentioned this before. Not everything is so black and white, right? Like it does, there doesn't always have to be like a clear biological answer for everything. I agree. If you, if you are a man and you're like, I am a very affectionate person, that's a great, cool. That's also just you. You also found another article. It was a 2015 study by the University of Essex. They found that no woman is totally straight. Can you explain this, Sarah, please? I found this article and I I honestly, like I howled to the moon. It was so funny. So it's a real study that was done. And it's, you know, pretty recent, 2015. And essentially the headline was, like Persa said, no woman is totally straight. Basically what they did was they studied a bunch of women straight women and gay women and they used eye tracking and bodily responses as their like measures um to see like what all of the women were attracted to when showed different variables or shown different people i guess and they found that straight women were attracted to both sexes while most gay women were only attracted to other women so what they took from this is that all women are exactly what the topic of this episode is all girls are a little gay because what they're saying is like none of the women that they studied were only attracted to the male things they were being shown how many women Uh, yeah exactly so this this is my problem with the study and i didn't look at the exact study itself i was looking at some articles about the study so yeah maybe it's something that like we would want to dive into i think the study is pretty ridiculous 
how many women did they look at? What percentage of these, like what percentage are they using? Are they using a majority percentage of women who were attracted to what? Also, why aren't we doing this study with men? I know. That's what, that was my other question. It was how many women and then why did they, why didn't they do this on men too? That seems very strange. Strange. Maybe this study, this type of study has been done on men. I mean, there's like a bajillion studies out there. So I'm sure something like this has been done. But why focus on women? I wonder. And this brings us back to like, women are always going to be more sexualized. And so when we, when we talk about like girls being affectionate with each other as friends, it's always a little bit sexualized, mostly by men, but by women as well, because that's what we're being taught. So like the study felt creepy to me almost. It was like, I could just see some guy at the University of Essex, you know, being like, I'm going to I'm going to prove that all women are a little gay because it's like a male fantasy. (laughs) And I this guys, I'm just spewing my thoughts like I don't know. This might be super legit. I didn't look at the actual study itself. I don't know. But they they weren't tracking men. They were only tracking women. Like if you did the same study on men, I think the same results would happen is what I'm saying. You know what it is? We see other people of our gender that we identify with and we like what we see because we want it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like when men, if, if there's a man who really wants to have like washboard abs and then he sees a man with washboard abs, it's going to trigger those like eye tracking and bodily responses that they tested in this stupid study. They're, it's going to trigger, right? Because they're going to be like, oh, I want that. I'm attracted to that for myself. Or they're just attracted to it in general, right? But like, I don't understand. I don't really understand why this was only a study for women. That's my spiel. Thank you very much. Because that's just what society does. It's so true. It's like, Women are made out to be sexualized for the male gaze. Yes. And I think studies like this can be, can be a little damaging. When you say no woman is totally straight, like it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay to place any sort of boundaries on anyone's sexual orientation. And we've talked many times about how we feel that everyone's on a spectrum, right? Sexuality's on a spectrum. But... This is not okay. <laughs> no, to be putting out a study like this, being like, we did the study and this proves that all women are a little gay. There's no straight woman out there because a straight woman is attracted to both sexes and then most gay women are only attracted to women. Like what? Who are you to say that about anybody? I know. I thought that was so fascinating. <laughs> so what actually also brought up this topic was I was getting fed on my TikTok feed a lot of Cara Delevingne and Selena Gomez uh, videos, people speculating like what's going on between the two of them. But as I was like diving into a little bit more, this kind of ties into how women show affection to each other, right? I mean, I don't know Cara and Selena personally to like be spewing facts about them, but this is just obviously like only what I know from what I've seen on the internet. But yeah, the two of them are very affectionate people together. They have been seen like cuddling, holding hands, like Selena has kissed her on the cheek. And there were like speculations like, oh, are they a thing? Are there, are they, are there like sparks? And I don't know, we, Sarah and I were talking about this earlier too, where we said there's a weird thing where women who are affectionate with each other can spark romance rumors, or it can be the opposite and say like, oh, they're just girls. So they're affectionate together. Like, that that's just the norm for a lot of women. So there's a line between like, can women, loving women relationships be taken seriously? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or are they automatically sexualized and assumed to be in love when they really could just be friends? It's very right. <laughs> interesting. It's like no matter what the relationship is, whether it's a friendship or a sexual relationship, it's never going to be taken seriously. Like, or it's, not never, but sorry, the public perception isn't going to take that relationship seriously, whatever it is. Yeah, I think I think that's where that's where it gets really complex. And the fact that women are affectionate with each other, it can never just be what it is. But I also wonder with this like Kara and Selena thing, 
if Kara being openly queer is a part of it. Because even when you first, like the very first time you sent me a TikTok that referenced this, I'm pretty sure I said, oh, are they together? Or is something, are they dating or something happening? And I said that because Kara is openly queer. And I wonder what, what part that plays in it too, right? Right. Right. Whether rather it being like two straight presenting women. I mean, I don't think Selena, I don't know. From what I know, I think Selena has always been to the public. Like, I think she has said she's straight. In this article that I found, it was a while ago. So it was back in 2014. Selena had actually said she loved the Cara Delevingne romance rumors. And this is what she said about Cara. She's like, she's incredible, very open, and just makes me open. She's so fun and she's extremely adventurous. And sometimes I just want that in my life. So I didn't mind. And she has said that she has questioned her sexuality in the past. She said, I think everybody does no matter who they are. I do. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I think it's healthy to gain a perspective on who you are deep down. Question yourself and challenge yourself. It's important to do that. Oof. Yes, Selena. That's what we're talking about like every week on this, <laughs> on this podcast. She just summed it up better than we ever could. Yeah, we have 36 episodes in, whereas Selena just said it in one article. Classic. Classic Selena Gomez. But that's a really good point, Sarah. I feel like maybe because Kara is a very openly queer woman, um, that is why it sparked the romance rumors, maybe. Yeah, but I think I just think where this topic is so interesting is when we compare women to men. And so say i'm trying to think of an example if there were two men two famous men who were like out together being kind of touchy and like kissy but one was very openly straight and one was very openly gay would we be like oh are they dating i really don't think society would i don't think society would either right like say i'm trying to think okay say brad pitt who's like very like a sex symbol, very straight male sex symbol, was out and about being really affectionate and cute with Elton John. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's married, but still. I don't know. Like, would the public be like, if, even if they kissed at a basketball game courtside, I really don't think the public would say, even wonder if they were dating I feel like they would frame it as a bromance. Yes, exactly. So even though I brought up this thing about like, well, maybe people think that because Kara is queer. I I still think like when you compare it to men and women, it's very different. Women are always going to be questioned about, about how they're behaving with each other or how sexual they are or how sexual they're not. And yeah, we've talked about this a lot, especially with like women loving women relationships where it's not taken seriously because I think they're just friends. But it can totally happen the opposite way, like it is with Karen Selena. Yeah. That's so interesting. And, I mean, I found the literal definition of bromance. Please read it out for us. It's it's so funny because it's so quick. I feel like – do we even have, like, a term for that for women? Girl crush? Oh, yeah, girl crush. She's just, like, my girl crush. She's my girl crush? Which, you know, a lot of people have had issues with that statement because it doesn't take, like, women loving women relationships seriously. I wonder if gay men have the same feeling towards bromance. They probably do. Oh, I would love to talk to one of, like, our gay male friends and say, like, what do you think of this term? Because when I looked it up, it says, a bromance is a very close and non-sexual relationship between two or more men. It is exceptionally tight, affectional homosocial male bonding relationship exceeding that of a usual friendship and is distinguished from normal friendship by a particularly high level of emotional intimacy. See, every everything this definition says, I, I love. I'm like, I want this for my nephews, let's say. Like, I want them to have relationships with other men where there is a particularly high level of emotional intimacy. But then when we label it as bromance, that's where things get a little tricky and a little icky. Yeah, like 
can't that just be them and their friends? Why does it have to be like, oh, it's just like a bromance. Like, look at them. They're so like intimate with each other, but it's non-sexual, obviously. Why? And, and sorry, this question is just coming up for myself. Like why, what problem do I have with bromance? Like what problem do I really have with bromance? Because it is the word romance, technically, with bro on it. So it is hint, right? It's hinting at romance. But I'm trying to, to frame in my mind, like, what is my problem with bromance as a term? I think what's coming up is, like, it doesn't take actual, like, um, male-gay relationships seriously. It doesn't allow that to be a, a serious thing. But I think it might be the word bro. <laughs> I don't like that either. Yeah, like bromance. But it makes me think of like, why do we need to have this definition for men to be emotional with each other? Because that's toxic masculinity. Like, oh, they have a bromance. So that's why they're like, they're like that. They're just super tight. Whereas why can't two men have like a friendship, like a regular friendship, just be that? Mm, so it's like the fact that it needs a term at all. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, f- I feel that too. We found some examples of bromances that you guys might have seen in your world. Um, the first one we found was Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. I don't really know much about this one. I only I only said that because I watched an interview with them where the two of them did a, like a lie detector test together. I think they were both high as ever for that interview, which was really funny. Amazing. But throughout the interview, they were kind of like flirting with each other, but in a joking way. Like, like we do. 100%. Like it was that same kind of dynamic where Machine Gun Kelly would hint at like seeing Pete naked or something. And then Pete would be like, no, what do you mean? Nope, we're not like that. What? Oh, wow. Exactly like us. Okay. <laughs> totally. And so I was like, that could be seen from a society lens as their besties. Like that's their bromance. They're super like, they're like comfortable with each other and they share that like emotional like intimacy. And they even like express that in the interview at some point about mm-hmm. how close they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I was just thinking like Rob Kardashian and Scott Disick, especially back in the day, were used to be very, very touchy with each other, kissing each other on the face, like smacking each other's asses, stuff like that where you're like, this is a bromance. I, I don't know these people. The, the next one. Oh, okay. So Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Everyone can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Anthony Mackie, I know him from Black Mirror. Um, and I think Sebastian Stan was in like Marvel movies. Maybe they were both in a Marvel movie. I would probably need to fact check that. But they came up um, because I think they've been really known to like have really good chemistry with each other. And it's like, if you Google Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, this is actually what comes up in a little blurb. It says, whether it's causing trouble on their press tours or staring intensely into each other's eyes, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie have that kind of friendship that most of us only dream of. And then it's like, this article was saying, take a look at their, at their cutest moments of their friendship from across the years. <laughs> That's cute. It was sweet. And there was like a YouTube video. I didn't watch it, but it said like, 12 minutes of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan flirting with each other. We love it. Like, as a society, we love bromances. Like, we do. We think it's cute. We think it's funny. But it's not the same for women. Like, when when two women are acting this way, it's not the same. It's just not. In terms of how society reacts. Yeah. Either society goes like, oh, they're being way too, like, they're being way too sexual. Right? They're being too much. Or it's like, are they like maybe into each other a little bit? Like, are they maybe dating? So, and I mean, it, it depends, right? It depends. This is just like broad with how society reacts. And then another one we thought of was Seth Rogen and James Franco. Apparently, James wrote a bunch of poems about their friendship, which is really cute. And then that Kanye music video um, that they did a spoof of mm-hmm. where they like were – I think they like kissed and they were like naked on the, or or Seth was naked on the. We all know the music video for Bound 2. Like they just did an incredible like spoof of that, but yeah. they were acting very like affectionate in the video. 
Yeah, and it was seen as funny. I mean, it was it was supposed to be like a parody, but it was seen as like funny bros doing their thing. And I do love to see it. Like I said, I love the idea that my nephews can have, you know, intimate relationships with their male friends, loving relationships, but I would want it to be real, deep, emotional intimacy and not for show. Like not, oh, this is our bromance or this is just a bromance kind of energy. Yeah. And I mean, 100%, like it's, it's quick to like say this is for funny or this is just like, this is just how we are. We're just, we're tough and it's bromance. But I was just thinking again, when we're comparing men and women, Seth Rogen and James Franco did a parody of Kanye and Kim. But what if like, what if Kara and Selena did a spoof of Kanye and Kim? And they were naked. It wouldn't be funny. It would be. No. I think people would be like, this is too sexual. Yeah. I'm just picturing the two of them naked on this thing. And they were like trying to be funny. I'm like, no, society would not see that as funny. Yep. That's so interesting. I just, I really think the differences between male stereotypes and female are just fascinating. Like I could talk about them forever. Me too. I just, I think they're so enrooted. They're so ingrained in us that it almost becomes like cliche to talk about them. Like, yeah, we all know like men are tough and women are weak or whatever. But, and we know that they're not true and all that stuff. I still, I wonder why it's still, (laughs) how it evolves is really fascinating to me. Me too. Me too. And I'm curious to see, because we are in a day and age where I think now things are much more progressive, obviously. So like you said, I'm curious to see how it's going to evolve over time. Yeah. So Paris, how can we teach men about this like dichotomy, like this, how it's different for men and women and how can we teach boys especially to show everyone in their life affection, but especially the other boys in their life? Yeah, I mean, I think like being open about how they want to express themselves is is totally fine. I think it's simple as to say, like, just be you and what you want to do. And I think like making softness, affection and femininity cool. And we talk about Harry Styles a lot, a lot on the podcast and we're not mad about it. Not at all. We've mentioned Harry is kind of that person for that. He's still seen as a sex symbol. Men want to sleep with him. Women want to sleep with him like non-binary people want to sleep with him everyone under the sun (laughs) everyone everyone under the sun us included us included and yeah he's he's able to like kind of break that mold of saying like this is cool and get in touch with that side of you yeah i'll always say this i think defying toxic masculinity Like there's no such thing as like, that's not manly enough or you're not strong or it's not cool to cry or it's not cool to express emotions. I just want to stomp on that. Stomp it. Stomp the yard, girl. Stomp the yard. Yeah. And then just, I think like we aren't parents. um, Thank God. Yes, we are. Do Do we have a baby? Stormy. Is that our child? Yeah. If we were parents though. What I would want us to do is to just, like, talk to your kids, boys, girls, or maybe you have a kid who identifies as non-binary or trans or whatever it is. Just, like, talk to them about the fact that whatever they have the natural inclination to do is the right way of doing things. If they really want to hug, if you have a little boy and he really, really wants to go give his, his best bud... Um, this boy he really, really likes on the playground, a hug and a kiss, just to let him know that that he's his best friend. That's what he should do. And teach them that at a young age so that as they get older and as the as society and the other kids at school and the content they're consuming starts to tell them that that's not okay, they shouldn't be doing that, keep telling them, like keep reminding them of that so that they know it's – they don't have to let go of that part of them that instinctively as a child wanted to show affection in whatever way was natural to them. And some kids don't want to hug and kiss. Some kids are not that way naturally, right? They're they're not super affectionate or touchy, and that's okay too. It's just a matter of like being you 
And I think when you're going through your teen years and stuff, I think no matter what, there's you're going to be affected by society and what other kids are doing. But as long as you have that base and you have someone always telling you it's okay to be you, I feel like you can reach a place where you are authentically you and have relationships that are deep and meaningful in whatever way that means means for you. It just might take a little bit. Like I bet Harry Styles going through high school was probably like, oh, I need to act a certain way, you know? But then he reached an age and a level of confidence in himself that he was able to be completely himself. Yeah. And that takes time. That really will always emphasize, like, you're not going to wake up overnight and think like, that's, you know, we might not like to admit it, but we do face like pressures from society. It's kind of like inherently in us. Mm-hmm. Um, once we like start to be exposed to the world a little bit more, but you can take that time to just realize like what really works for you. Yeah, Totally. And just like make sure that the women in your life know they can be affectionate with you and it's not gay. (gasps) I actually, yes. Okay, here's the thing. Because I am an affectionate person. You are. I have the cuddle hormone. Big time. And I have the love hormone. Yes, you do. So I actually would love to even talk to my straight friends if I am being like cuddly with them or, you know, affectionate, I almost want to be like, do you feel, I would want to know, like, because I'm a gay woman, like, do you feel uncomfortable with that because I am attracted to women? Oh my God. That feels like a whole other episode topic. It does. To all the, to all the girls, Persis has cuddled. Let's get them on the pod and be like, I will, you've never made me feel uncomfortable. You've never made me feel uncomfortable in that way ever. Yeah. But we also have that relationship, right? So I don't know. Maybe there's like a girl you don't know very well who you like. No, person. No. It's always good to ask if you've made someone else feel uncomfortable. But like, I don't think you have to worry about it. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a really good topic, though, because. It is. It is. I would want to know because I feel like a lot of people could feel that way. Like, not just me, but even like a man. Like, I know someone who actually just recently came out as bisexual. He's a man. And he's, he has been affectionate with his guy friends before, not in a sexual way, but he likes to show his love for his friends by hugging them. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it's like, because now that he's bi, would people be uncomfortable? It's silly, but I mean, it's- No, it is. It is silly. I feel like everything we talk about on this pod, it's like, it's silly. Like, this stereotype is silly, but we got to talk about it so that we can, like, work through it. Or when people say, no homo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just opened up like a... That was huge when I, when, I was, when I was in elementary school, high school. That was huge. Girls would say it. Guys would say it. Like, I love you, but like, no homo. Oh, my God. There's so many shades to it, but essentially, like, if you want to show your affection in whatever way you're comfortable with and your friends and the people in your life are comfortable with, it doesn't have to be gay. It just is affection. And if yes. You, right? And if you actually do identify as gay, it also doesn't have to – you know what? If Persis really loves me and wants to give me a hug and a kiss, it's not gay just because Persis is gay. Right? There's yelling. I'm yelling. But if Persis – and her gay girlfriend want to hug and kiss, that's gay. And that should be taken seriously. And I think that's the point we're trying to get across here, okay? It took us an hour to get to the oh, point. <laughs> oh, my God. I just had an aneurysm. You know what's interesting? Sorry, I know we're kind of going on a tangent, but... <laughs> it's okay. I love it. I was talking to a friend, um, and she didn't mean anything bad by it, but she mentioned, because she said her and I cuddled like this one night, she knew I was into women at the time I identified as bi, but she took us cuddling as automatically being like, is Persis hitting on me? Like, does she like me? So she didn't take it as like, it's just affection and we're like, whatever, we're cold and we're just like sleeping. It's like, oh, she is cuddling me. Like, does yeah. that mean she's into me? Yeah, I think this is a great topic because I, I think it does kind of make sense. And I do think if the same thing was happening with two men, you know, a straight man and a gay man were, were really good friends and then the, they were cuddling. I could see – I don't think that's a double standard. Like, I could see the straight man being like, hmm, I wonder. Like, and that's almost just like human nature. 
But then also, you should be able to, as a gay woman, be able to show your affection in whatever way you want to without it being assumed that you're, like, attracted to the person as well. So I think it's, like, complex. It is complex. I think it depends on the relationship. I think it depends on the friendship or whatever the relationship is. If the relationship has been, like, oh, I don't know, kind of, like, I don't know, like, something might happen here. Because I think I know the friend you're talking about, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do. That makes a lot of sense to me. But um, I would just love to know what you guys think. How do you show affection to your friends and the people you love in your life, no matter their gender? And how did you show affection to them growing up? I think that's interesting, right? Persis and her friends showed affection to each other growing up by, like, a lot of physical touch. Kissing, hugging, like, my friends and I, it was not like that. My girlfriends and I, we would totally hug and and stuff like that and, like, put our arms around each other and, like, link arms, like, those types of things. But we would never kiss or, like, um, yeah, I guess guess that's it. We would never, like, kiss or cuddle or anything like that. And I think that's interesting, like, to, to consider, like, how maybe society really hit harder for us for some reason than it did for you guys or something or maybe there were a few girls in your friend group who made it normalized early on whereas in my friend group that wasn't the case it was very normalized in my girl group we'd all kiss each other like i bet if there were if there was one girl in my friend group growing up who like decided to that like started kissing all of us, it would have been normalized. You know what I mean? Like, we just go, we're just like, we run with the pack. We just like go with whatever the pack's doing. Yeah. It's just fascinating. Humans, man. What are we all doing? I know. Humans are very fascinating. And it all stems back to growing up, our childhood. How we show affection, I think, is also really linked to childhood. I also just have to say to end off this conversation, very important. Earlier when I said play yard, I was trying to say playground. Oh, but like I didn't even question you because I think people say play yard too, right? They say schoolyard. Oh. I just really wanted everyone to know that very important piece of information. It's playground. The schoolyard. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying, girl? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I always know what you're saying. Even when you don't make any sense. Even when I make no sense. You are my translator. But thank you, Purse, for having this conversation with me and for always showing me you love me. I will always show you I love you. We we have been very good at like showing each other we love each other in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Our love languages. We do have different love languages, though. Yes. Yours is physical touch mm-hmm. and quality time. Yes. Yes. Quality time, I think, was my second one because I love spending time with the people I love. Well, see, my second one is quality time. So I think that's why we get on so well is because we spend real quality time together. But my first one is words of affirmation. Oh, so you love being told. Tell me you love me. <laughs> I need someone on days like this, I do. (laughs) On days like this. Oh, tell me you love me. Really? uh, That's my theme song right there. That's, That's my theme song. First, in case you missed it, this week is a very interesting one. Because we have been kind of tracking this. So the Australian Bachelorette, Brooke Blurton, we have been so excited about her season because she is bisexual, she's indigenous, and that makes her the very first bisexual indigenous bachelorette to ever in the franchise be openly bisexual, let's say. As we remember, Colton, previous bachelor, recently came out as gay. So we know that certain bachelor and bachelorettes have been on the show identifying as straight and maybe... In reality, they don't. Anyway, I digress. Brooke had a season with both male and female contestants, and it was a big deal. And I feel like it was, you know, when when this happens, when there's like a first in a franchise, it's always going to be a little shaky. You know, you got to get the fan base up to speed and all that stuff. Um, but ultimately, we were just excited to like see kind of like 
what might come out of this moving forward in these types of franchises. I didn't actually watch the season. I, I didn't know how um, to watch it being in Canada. And, and obviously we're always excited to like see who the Bachelor or Bachelorette chooses at the end, but I didn't really care like who she chose. I just thought the fact that it was happening was the exciting part. Anyway, she chose her... Um, I, I wonder if they're engaged. We probably should know this. Usually they get engaged at the end of The Bachelorette, but um, the person she chose is a man named Darvid Garayeli. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but he's super cute. Um, and they seem like really happy. And um, I think they might have just moved in together. I was like looking at her at her Instagram to see what they were up to, and like every you know, their families throwing them like um, congratulation parties and all that stuff. Um, but it hasn't really been smooth sailing, and there's been a lot of biphobia backlash. Which mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but we knew it was going to happen. We knew, you know, if she chose a man, that. People out there in the world would be would not take her seriously, say that she I don't know, she's not really bisexual, she only really likes men. The classic biphobia stuff. We talk about this all the time. Specifically, we had a episode dedicated to bisexuality and biphobia, so you guys can go listen to that if you want to. Um, but just for Brooke herself, it was not it was not smooth sailing. Like right after the show wrapped, she her sister passed away really suddenly and I think I think tragically and unexpectedly and so not only did she just choose this person <clears throat> that she was like I want to be with you for like the rest of my life but then her sister passes away and then her and this person have to like start a relationship uh, like a really real relationship together while that's happening and in different parts of the country because Brooke had to go to Perth for the funeral and stuff but I'm pretty sure where they were filming and everything was in Sydney or Mel- or Melbourne, something like that. And, and for anyone who doesn't know, Australia, those are basically like two opposite sides of the um, country. Well, okay. So obviously there's so many different things happening for Brooke. Like I feel like at that moment, of course, like you're dealing with this sudden loss and especially when it's sudden and you don't expect it, it's like, how do you even react? Like that's so, so awful. And I feel like on top of that, to also be dealing with like a lot of online bullying necessarily, you know, like getting terrible comments about like the reason, you know, you're not taken seriously, you chose a man. She said that um, she was also very like protective of Darvid. Darvid? Darvid? I think it's Darvid. Okay. Okay. She was very protective of him, understandably, right? Because that's the thing with. I don't get it, man. When you when you identify as bisexual, you can look it up. You listen. Brooke <laughs> likes men and women, okay? You can look it up. <laughs> she said, "I I'm like getting mad. I really opened up this season and showed so much vulnerability in doing it, and it did and I did it bloody proudly. I loved it. And I'm still friggin' bisexual. Just because I'm with Darvid doesn't mean my attraction to women just stops. Yes. <laughs> Duh. It's so obvious, right? But it's not obvious to, to a lot of people out there on Twitter. But why? Because if she chose a woman, I don't think people, they would be pumped. And I mean, I would be pumped too, but I'm also pumped that she chose Darvid. It wasn't get, it wasn't lesbian bachelorette. It was bisexual bachelorette. You know what I mean? She didn't come onto the show being like, I'm a lesbian. She came on saying, I'm bisexual. Very openly, proudly bisexual. And guys, bisexual means you are attracted to men and women. Yes. So so why would they bother having male and female contestants if if it wasn't okay for her to choose a man at the end of the day? It's so silly, but it goes on like a lot of bisexual people feel this. They feel that guilt, that weird guilt if they are with the yeah. if they are with the gender that's like heteronormative, right? Like bisexual oh. woman dating a man, they might feel guilty that they're not dating a woman or a bisexual man dating yeah. a woman. Oh, but we've talked about this before. It's like, oh, he's secretly gay. <laughs> no, for sure. And then for her, for Brooke being 
I think it's magnified for her because she is the symbol now. She is like the symbol for the queer community, the first person to break the mold in the Bachelor franchise, the first person to 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 change the entire structure of the show. And um, the guilt then becomes more when she chooses a man because then has she let down the queer community, right? Like I wonder if some of the backlash maybe came from the queer community. We talk about biphobia within the queer community a lot and it happens and it's possible. Like I, I haven't read any of the mean tweets that I don't, I don't know, didn't even bother looking at them because they're not even worth looking at. But she said, Brooke said in this article, I read a couple of comments online and it was like, I think these people just don't get the meaning of bisexual. <laughs> which is an attraction to male and female. I just was really frustrated with the level of biphobia that was happening. And I think she's probably right. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, it's a it's a phobia and a misunderstanding that just, like, continues to rage on. I know. And, I mean, I feel for her as well because she already made a huge statement already participating in the show as an openly bisexual indigenous woman. Mm-hmm. She's right. It it She did this with so much vulnerability and mm-hmm. she was proud. So she is not letting the queer community down. If anything, she's like bringing awareness to the queer community to be on the bachelorette. Yes. It doesn't yeah. matter who she picked. She, she said she's bi, she had male and female contestants. She picked a man. Let's be happy for her. I know, like the, the journey itself was the statement. The journey itself was what was so amazing for the queer community. So why does it all have to rest on who she chooses, you know? And I think she probably knew from the beginning that it would end up resting on who she chooses. But in this article that we were looking at, which is from The Guardian, I, I thought this was funny. There was, a, there was an image from the show of her with one of the female contestants and they're kissing in the image. Like they're on a, they're on a date. I think they did a date at the London Eye. Um, if anyone watches The Bachelor, you know, they always do like these extravagant dates. And the caption for the image said that that kiss broke the world record for the longest on-screen TV kiss. <laughs> That's what? It was between Brooke and one of the contestants named Jamie Lee. Oh, I feel like I saw and a lot of that on my TikTok. The, and I guess it was the longest on-screen kiss ever, like it broke the record. And I, I thought that was funny, like uh, like reading this article about all these like all this biphobia happening but it's like guys she was dating women too and she had the the longest kiss ever on tv is between two women because of this show you know what i mean because of this show and it's not you know tila tequila it's she's really trying to find a partner in life and this person she was kissing for the longest kiss on tv she she was trying to consider if that was her partner i just think like we all need to talk about this. That's all I think. You know, there's going to be people on Twitter always who are angry and saying hateful stuff. But this is something that we can, like, talk about and talk about why um, the biphobia is happening and why it shouldn't happen. Why do people care so much? I also think it's interesting that everyone's so focused on the bisexual part. She's also the first indigenous person. Yeah. The first Indigenous Bachelorette, and she did a lot of things throughout the show to um, celebrate her Indigenous roots and to bring Indigenous culture into the show, like things that were very important to her, like acknowledging the land, um, stuff like that. And none of that fell on who she chose, you know what I mean? Like none of that, like none of that required backlash, but she was still able to be a symbol of an, for the Indigenous community. But then when it comes to the queer community, it's like it all depends on who she chooses at the end. Why couldn't have just it just been about the choices she made throughout the whole journey itself? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All we have to say is like, Brooke, you've been through a lot, girl. And mm. we wish you, because we know you listen, nothing but the best with Darvid. And like you just, you you made history. Yeah, you did. And I think she knows it. I th- I feel like she is the type of person who like sees the biphobia and is strong enough. To, it probably still hurts, but she's strong enough to like keep moving forward. She seems like a badass. She really does. And yeah, she was kind of like that person for the Bachelorette franchise. So 
she's going to like lead the way for so many other people, I hope. And maybe we'll see less of this backlash, man. Less backlash. Less backlash. We don't like backlash here at uh, Girl on Girl. We like front splash. We like backsplash? Oh, I love a good backsplash. (laughs) I wish I had a nice backsplash. All I got is backlash. Yeah, we, we get constant backlash. Yeah, but we deserve it. Yeah, we do. Okay, Percy, I'm going to go to yoga. All right, Sarah, Sarah. I'm going to go buy a birthday gift. Yeah, go buy a birthday gift. And I hope that ramen is making you feel all nice, warm, and fuzzy. I need to heat it up again. I didn't eat it all. No. Okay, heat it up again. I can't be eating it while we're recording. Yeah, you're right. It was a nice thought, though. It was a nice thought. I thought I could do it. And then I'm like, no, you guys are going to hear me (laughs) munching. You really, you really like made the effort. I tried. No, it wasn't going to work. But have fun at yoga and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay. Love you.